0: Welcome everybody to a final edition of Inside Business Podcast. I am your host, Matt Conwell, aka Mac the VC here with my amazing co-host, Liam. How are you doing today, Liam?
1: Doing good. Keeping up the tradition of coming a little late.
0: Yes, Liam is always late. This is the thing. I literally tried to be later than him and could not do it. Like I tried to be later than him and he still somehow managed to be later than me. What a perfect way to to start off our final podcast together. Um, today's going to be a little different than usual. This will be uh, our final podcast as part of Inside Business Podcast. So, you know, please bear with us. If we get a little emotional, if anybody tears up, don't be trying to crush us on Twitter or anything like that. Just fair warning. But before we get into all of that, please give a shout out to our amazing sponsors, the ones who made all this happen, Flatfile and Dell.
1: Did you know that Dell Technologies has a department just for you, the entrepreneur? You can visit dell.com forward slash startups or email startups at dell.com to learn more and take advantage of some of their free offerings. Flatfile knows that onboarding and migrating B2B data is a pain. Enter Flatfile Concierge, no code collaborative workspaces for importing B2B data. Get access today at flatfile.io. All right, now let's get into this episode.
0: last one how are you feeling buddy how are you feeling over there
1: man it's uh well it's been it's been a couple weeks since we've known so it's uh I'd say mixed thoughts when it when I first found out uh but pretty optimistic now I think that there's uh there's some good things to look forward to that we'll, we'll be working on and then obviously uh I still do some writing for inside so for anyone who does listen to the podcast and wants to stay part of like the inside network and doesn't subscribe to newsletters just go to inside.com there's like 14 newsletters, something like that. So just get them out. Pick one, crypto, tech, uh, business, venture capital. There'll be something that, uh, that's probably up your up your alley.
0: There's definitely something up your alley. Inside is always pumping out new and more content, a lot of amazing things. So if you haven't gone to Inside and just look through all the plethora, 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 plethora. I can't speak today. Plethora. Flash anyway, that word of content and knowledge, you know, even a lot of the concepts we've talked in previous episodes, you'll we'll be able to find information there on. So check it out. A lot of great stuff and a lot more um interacting information coming from the VC side. So if you're an entrepreneur out there trying to learn more about the venture capital space and what VCs are out there, be on the lookout. And so what the hell should we do for our last day at work? Like, 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 do we need to take out like the the printer and smash it in with with a bat in, in anger, or is that too old of a reference for our audience? Like, I feel like that might be too old of a reference, but if you get the reference, man, is that a great ass movie? <laughs>
1: uh, well, working at a law firm, that's still something I can do if I ever uh, needed to go out. We got all the old tech here, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I think I think today is probably a good time to maybe look back on past episodes. See like a few topics that we think stand out, maybe for people who joined us later down the journey, stuff they can get back to, and then maybe some high-level advice for people. Uh, obviously, this this isn't the last you'll hear from us. So You'll have a chance if you follow us on Twitter to to check that out, and we'll we'll continue helping out founders as much as we can. That's what both Mac and I love doing, uh, both with this podcast and outside of it.
0: But yeah, that's called foreshadowing, people. Just just so everybody's following along. I like that maybe we should we should we should talk about some of the important things that we've gotten to talk about we'll say you know our last episode episode 36 freaking amazing if you haven't listened to the last episode talking about customer acquisition with Femi from Path you're missing out that one was a gem but probably one of the most important conversations that we've had on here was really about taking care of yourself you know being a founder is hard. Being an entrepreneur is hard. Starting a company is hard and so much harder than people give it credit, especially people who haven't done it, right? They see the outcome, but they don't see the, the day in day out grind, right? It's like being an athlete. Like we get to watch athletes do amazing things, but we don't sit in like, you know, if you watch football every Sunday, you get to see these athletes do amazing things. If you watch basketball, you know, two, three times a week, you get to see these athletes do amazing things. But what you don't see is every single day, they're doing a bunch of boring, hard things to get better and stronger. I suppose it's like being a founder. People don't see the late nights and the emails and everything. And all of that kind of, you know, can build into a place where, you know, you're not taking care of your health. You're not taking care of your mental health. You get burnt out, you get stressed out, you know, you don't know where to turn. Gotta make sure you're taking care of yourself. That's so important. Burnout is real. The struggle is real. Make sure you surround yourself with good people and whatever it is that you do to de-stress or whatever it is that you did to de-stress before you started a company, never stop doing it. And I don't care what that is. Watching movies, going out with your friends, whatever it is, you know, going for a run, going to the gym, whatever it is, you just can't stop. Because it's too easy to get caught up in the day-to-day, and then you look up and that's all you ever do.
1: Yeah, I think that's a a good place to start. I think it is an important one. Uh, Continue on the path of nailing this self-promotion aspect of this last podcast episode. Uh, You know, like I talked about it in that specific episode about how when I was running my startup, I had a lot of health issues, uh, mostly around struggling to continuously go to the gym and struggling like diet's a really big one. Like I know it's a joke that founders survive off like ramen and like, you know, cheap food and that that's what it was at least it was when I started my company I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't you started yours back like money's literally everything like it, it buys you time to find product market fit to actually get to the next stage but at the end of the day like eating a diet like that can be really bad for you so uh I spoke in that episode and I spoke on Twitter a few weeks ago about how my health got really bad when I ran my company and then when I was actually working at inside uh with it being like a remote work job and me having a lot more flexibility you know, I got into really good shape and dropped, you know, almost 80 pounds. And then coming back now and working, uh, writing for inside, working at a law firm, like doing the podcast, having so much stuff on my plate at the moment, uh, I've put back on about like 40 or 50 pounds of that. Uh, So I'm personally taking the same journey that a lot of founders will probably take when they hear this advice, which is trying to balance a very, very busy work schedule where I'm working most days from like, 5am until at least like 7, 8, 9 at night uh, and finding a way of eating healthier inside of that and finding a way once COVID allows to go back to the gyms because they're closed in British Columbia at the moment. Uh, but you know, for me, that started yesterday, You know, meal prepping. I spent like four hours meal prepping meals for the week uh, and that might seem like a lot of time to someone who doesn't have much in the day. But I'm hoping that number one, it'll save me money. And number two, that it saves me time throughout the week. So I don't need to worry about walking down the store. Uh, you know, for me, like if I want to go get lunch, it's like a 10-minute walk to get food, 10 minutes to come back, like got 20 minutes right there. So I'm hoping like throughout the week it sort of adds up to about the same amount of time. Uh so I think I think there's different ways of looking at it. I think there's different parts of that journey. Uh so I just wanna I just wanna put that out there, both to say that if you're in that position, you're not alone. Uh and I'm going through it as well. And I'm going to be chronicling my journey through it. Uh, so you have something to turn to and someone to talk to if you ever needed to reach out. But also to show that we're not just uh, we're not just here like telling you what to do. Like this is actually stuff that we've lived and stuff that we're currently living with and dealing with. As much as I joke about like Mac being a VC, like he is starting his own fund. He's still an entrepreneur in that way. Uh, and he's still obviously like grinding it out day in and day out. Uh, I think about a month ago, you, you posted like your schedule from when you started the fund and you had like meetings back to back for like something like eight or nine hours a day. And I was like, that's what it looked like when I was pitching my business. And you're doing the same thing. Like you're just trying to raise money from LPs and try to find ways of investing that money to better uh, the community around you. So I think it's it's really the exact same thing. We're and all, we're all in the same boat together. Uh, moving on to a different topic. I think another one that is really important that we talked about was imposter syndrome and how to overcome that and how most founders will come to a point where they don't believe they belong where they are or they don't think that they deserve what they've got. And a lot of that happens because the route from founder to billionaire CEO is like a very quick and very straightforward one, not to say it's an easy one. It's a very, very difficult one. Uh, But it's a lot different to the route to being a Fortune 500 CEO, where you're spending 40 or 50 years working your way through a company. This is something where you can develop a product, you can find product market fit, get venture capital, and within seven to 10 years, you're suddenly running a publicly traded company, and you've got a massive team behind you. And sometimes it moves so quickly that you're not sure where you belong and whether you deserve to be there and again that's something that I talked about in that episode how that became a big problem for me at one point where I didn't feel like I belong there felt nervous about accepting investor money even when we had additional offers after having already taken some money in it felt like it felt like I was putting myself in a position to let other people down and one of the thoughts I was had one of the things I was on my co-founder was for, some of our investors, they have like kids. And every time they invested money, the thought in my mind is always that money could go to their kids. And instead they're giving it to me. And that seems really messed up because either I return it to them and they can then invest that in their kids' education or sports or whatever, or I lose it. And I'm like taking this money from like these young kids who could have had a better life. And obviously I'm talking about like angel investors in that scenario. Uh, but it's still, it's still like this weird obligation and responsibility that you have and it, it can weigh on you and you don't feel like you deserve it or you belong where you are. So I think if, if anyone's feeling that way, that's a great episode to go back to. And Mac and I both share our experiences with it. Cause I think everyone goes through it at some stage and that's, that's really something that's common and you're definitely not alone in that. I think that that is a great episode for anyone who joined us later on, I think it was one of our earlier ones, uh, to go back to and, and have a listen.
0: Yeah, that's that's a very important topic that we touched on. And, you know, me and Liam both share how we both dealt with imposter syndrome. but like, even today, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, it might seem like I'm this really confident guy, but hey, it happens to me too. Like there are days where I feel like, hey, should I be doing this? Like, am I doing this well? Do I belong in these rooms? I do, I do. But you still have those moments of like, you know, doubting yourself. So imposter syndrome is real. But, you know, to also go back to some of our earlier stuff, you know, if you want to hear, we we did a whole podcast on pitch decks and what investors look for in pitch decks. You know, very recently, um, I was part of a a bit of a, a Twitter brouhaha with a founder who was trying to determine... Whether a VC, you know, didn't look at his deck because of the color of his skin or for other things. And one of the things that came out of it was his deck was poorly constructed. Right. Like that is something that will turn an investor away. You know, having a deck in the wrong order, having your most important information too far in your deck be a could be very detrimental to you as you're talking to investors. So, you know, for those early stage founders who are learning about pitch decks and how decks work, I implore you to go back to that episode and check that out.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing to know about that episode is there were areas where Mac and I disagreed on the way that a deck should be built and the way it should be organized and what's most important in it. And that's not to say that, you know, one of us was right or wrong, but it might just be to point out that there's multiple different ways of doing it, and that different investors have different priorities. And we talked about this again later on the episode about raising venture capital, but part of the process of raising VC is understanding who you're raising from and what their interest is. So if you're raising from an angel who's an engineer, whose interest is obviously the tech side of the business, you might want to prioritize some of those uh aspects of the business you want to prioritize the tech that you're building uh how it's innovative you know the way you've gone about designing it but if you're pitching to you know and horowitz like a massive massive firm you know for them they're going to care much more about having a large market that you can address the potential for this to become you know a 10 billion dollar 20 billion dollar like 50 billion dollar company than they are about how cool the tech is or how innovative the tech is like for them the tech is a means to solving a problem, and that problem will make you money. Uh, the opposite can be true for some angels. So it's about really finding out what the investor wants, what they're looking for, who they are, and matching, you know, your deck sometimes to what they are. And personally, I think it is fine to send out slightly different decks to slightly different people. Obviously, keep the acts the same. Keep, you know, any financial terms of the deal similar. Uh, if not identical all the time. Uh, but I think that reorganizing the deck sometimes to prioritize the team for someone who pushes themselves as investing in people or prioritizing the tech for someone who comes from a tech background or prioritizing you know the market size or opportunity size for a massive firm. Uh, I think going about it in that way is perfectly fine.
0: And for those uh, following along the episode, we talk about pitch decks is episode 15. I think another episode that probably a, a lot of founders are going to want to go back to and listen to is, how do you find the VC? You know, how do you go about finding VCs and and, and raising venture capital? And that's just important because like, that's everybody's questions. Like, where do I go to find VCs? And the, the actual answer, fairly not great one, as is, it's a lot of hustle, generally speaking. Like venture capital is very much a network-based industry. So, you know, just to recap a little bit, the way you find VCs is through your network or networking, you know, going to events, connecting with folks at conferences and virtual events, talking to other founders. Because if you talk to a founder who's been backed by an investor, if you can build that relationship up, founders make great introductions to VCs. Some of my best introductions come through other founders, and they're not always founders I've invested in right? Sometimes they're founders that I just happen to have a relationship with and they've sent me, you know, really cool companies along the way. And so, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there looking for venture capital, trying to understand venture capital. So I, I implore you to go back and check out that episode. episode, um, And then also check out episode 14. You know, that's where we talk about warm intros, you know, are warm intros needed? Um, they shouldn't be, but generally speaking, Very often in this industry, that's how that happens. Pardon this interruption, but it's time for a commercial break.
1: Dell for Entrepreneurs is offering free startup IT consultations exclusively to inside listeners. Visit dell.com forward slash inside to apply today. Dell's design team is eager to hear about the proprietary software and applications that you're working on. They have a team that can take your software or application customize a system with your logo on it, helping you to build a better brand. They know that you're looking to take your product to market with just the right services, support, and technology to help differentiate it and increase its potential for success. Partnering with Dell OEM, you can design the right combination of capabilities to do just that. Whether you need a new computer to separate your work from personal life or a fully customized solution, Dell for Entrepreneurs is here to help visit dell.com forward slash inside or call 844-996-2142. That's 844-996-2142 to start your journey. Nearly everyone has dealt with formatting CSV or Excel files so data can be imported into an application. Companies of all sizes spend a crazy amount of time and effort trying to fix this problem. Typical solutions include CSV templates, emailing Excel files back and forth, or hiring expensive implementation teams. It's a pain. Our friends at Flatfile are working on Concierge, a no-code, collaborative workspace for onboarding data. Invite customers to securely import, format, or merge spreadsheet data. No more messing around with annoying, time-consuming workarounds. Flatfile is on a mission to help companies save time and money so you can focus your resources on the things that really matter to your customers. Curious about how they can help your business? Visit flatfile.io. Yeah, and continuing this trend of me self-promoting nonstop during this episode, uh, feel free to follow on Twitter if you are interested in venture capital. I'm working on a book about raising in the industry and that will track both general trends in the industry my legal perspective and legal information about different clauses you'll find in term sheets and documents associated with raising and some of my personal uh anecdotes and potentially anecdotes of other founders and vcs and their advice about how to raise another interesting aspect i'm gonna to add to it is a glossary because I think there's a lot of terms and we talked about this at one point, Uh, I forget which episode, but at some point we talked about the different lingo and the different terms that VCs and founders use sometimes and what they mean, what they actually mean, what do investors mean when they say certain things. So I'm also going to cover that and talk specifically about what certain words mean. Uh, So I'm being told that was episode six and seven, if you want to go back and take a look at those. Uh, But, I think that's that's very valuable. I think a lot of, inv- a lot of uh, founders who are new to the industry and who've never raised before, it can really be an uphill battle because not only do you not have the network sometimes, but you also just don't even know the language that's being spoken. Like it sometimes can be a whole new world. Uh, so I think going back to those episodes and if you're interested in something more detailed, I'm currently working on that. And I think that can be a great way for you to at least be communicating in the same way as VCs and thinking in the same way as them. Because that's what another thing that a lot of founders miss is that VCs are very gross or growth oriented. When they're investing in your business today, they need to see it 10x to make their money back. And if you're a founder and you're talking about, you know, just the tech, or you're talking just about your team, or you're talking about, you know, what you're doing today, and you're not talking about growth and opportunity and how this is going to lead to something bigger, you're just talking a different language. Uh, whether or not your business is good today, like most VCs don't care. They need to see that 10X growth. And, you know, you can have a great mom and pop business that's never going to grow and no VC will ever back it. Uh, You need to make sure that you're speaking that same language and looking at issues in the same way as a VC would. So trying to help you understand that perspective and understand the way that VCs approach issues will really help you when you go about
0: raising. And I will say, you know, not to take this too long, but probably one of the more downtrodden or solemn episodes we did was episode about admitting defeat. When do you know it's time to shut down your company? Should you ever shut down your company? Um, Me and Liam get very personal and honest about our own failed companies and what it felt like, what we went through, how we dealt with it, how we knew it was time to move on. that's still a hard episode for me to listen to, episode 27. Um, but it's a real one. You know, something that every founder should listen to because most companies aren't going to make it. That doesn't mean most founders aren't, right? Most companies don't. But the successful founders tend to have multiple companies, right? Some of the most successful founders out there didn't hit that breakthrough success until company three, four, five, like that, right? But that doesn't mean that those earlier companies didn't work out, right? That that happens. And so understanding what that's like, and also, you know, understanding it just because the company didn't work out doesn't make you yourself a failure, right? You, you are still an amazing individual. And if you're somebody who raised capital and it didn't work out, you did something that most companies are never going to do. I think like 0.4% of all companies raise venture capital. right? Most companies are never going to raise capital. And so even for the ones that do and don't work out, it still did something pretty freaking amazing, pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, and I'd add to that as well, someone who raised venture capital and then had a company that didn't work out, that when that happens, it can be very difficult personally. Uh, as Max said, like sometimes you can feel like you failed or like you yourself are not worth it or that you didn't deserve what you had. Uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd highly recommend if you're in that position, Uh, If you have no one to turn to, you can tweet at either of us or DM either of us and we'll probably send you a message back. Uh, But I think that the community will show you that you are still valuable and that you are still the person that raised capital and that you're still the person that felt the way you did when you hit those highs. And I think I've told this story a few times, but for me, when I left my company, I went home and like worked from home for a few months, tried to figure out like what to do. And that was a really, really sad time for me. And the thing that pulled me out of it was actually, I had to go back to our company to sign off on financials because we weren't actually closing down. My co-founder was taking over at the sign off on the past year's financials. When I did that, a whole bunch of local incubators and uh, VCs, accelerators that I'd kind of worked with, some I'd been in, asked me to come speak when they heard I was going back to the the city uh, to to do this stuff. And going back to those places and realizing that everyone there still wanted to hear about my experience, wanted to learn how I'd done what I did, like that to many of them, I'd still gotten far further than they thought that I would or that that they thought that most people ever could. Uh, And hearing that they still cared about my advice, what I thought, the way that they could go about it, like it showed that although the company failed, that there's a lot of things that went into that. There was you know, mistakes on my part, mistakes on my co-founders' parts. There was luck involved. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there. Uh, and it didn't actually reflect on myself and my value and who I was. And I think that's something that a lot of founders go will go through and they'll need to figure that out. But I think despite how hard it might be Turning to those people that you think are you've probably let down the most are actually the ones who are going to remind you that you are still the person that you thought you were a few months ago or a year ago, that you are still in their eyes the same. It's just, you know, we all expect it. When you go into the game, you know that there's a 90% chance of you failing, but for some reason, when it happens to you, you never thought it would. Uh, and that's both, you know, the blessing and the curse of being a startup founder but uh, at the end of the day, those are still the numbers. You're still up against the odds at all times. And there's no reason why just because one company fails, you can't start another, or you can't you know, get a job, regroup, get yourself back in a healthy place and go at it again down the line. Uh, I think that you as a person, if, especially as Max said, if you've raised VC or you've got like, I'd, I'd add to that, if you've got like customers, if you've like built a product that actually people wanted to use, if you got to that stage, You're far, far ahead of most people. And I can guarantee you you can do it again. All right,
0: Liam, this is it. This is our final podcast as part of Inside. And so, you know, just to to pull back the curtain a little bit, talk a little bit about the Genesis story, how this happened. One day I was on Twitter, minding my own business, and I got this DM saying, hey, Mac, we work at Inside. We think you'd be great for a podcast. Why? I don't know. I'm assuming they've heard me speak other places and they were like, yeah, we think you'd be great for it for a podcast. And, you know, we got a guy on our team who we think you would, you and him would have a great dynamic. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm always down for anything. So let's do it. And then I met Liam and I met evil producer, Alex, who couldn't be here with us. You know, he's, he's too important. As a CMO inside, like he didn't have time for us anymore, but in the early days, it was me, Liam and Alex. And we had a lot of fun. And then we had Crew join the team and Crew started taking care of the ones and twos. And next thing you know, Landom joined in and you know the, the four of us pumped out some amazing content, and did some really dope things. And I'm just really appreciative to the whole team of Inside and everybody out there. And shout out to Jason, um, haven't met you in person yet, sir, but thank you for giving me the opportunity Thank you for tweeting out about us once or twice and even giving me a shout out on Twitter. Um, so thank you, sir, for that. Thank you, Liam. Like, this doesn't happen without you. Um, I am going to know you for the rest of my life now. So I can now say I have a Canadian buddy. Uh, that feels pretty cool. I also have a legal expert on my side. So, you know, if I ever have any need any try, any trouble, I'm coming to you, sir. Uh, if I need any legal help you are going to be inundated from me, but I just want to say thank you to the team and thank you to all our listeners, right? Thank you to the folks who have been here since episode one, all the folks who have been here since episode 36, right? Um, the folks who have been here to to hear and see our progression and see this podcast come to life. So thank you for listening. And as Liam said, you know, be on the lookout, you know, man. Just because this podcast coming to an end doesn't mean everything comes to an end, right? Like me and Liam are still around, still on Twitter. So thank you, everybody. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this. Please go back, revisit the old podcast, um, and feel free to to reach out to us and tweet at any given time, you know, give us feedback, give us advice, let us know, you know, is there anything you'd like us to dig deeper into? But thank you, everyone. Well, that's
1: going to be a bit hard to, to follow up with. But uh, I'll I'll echo some of the sentiments. Uh, you were not behind the curtain when we started the the episode or the podcast, Mac. But uh, when when Inside first launched this podcast or right, the idea for the podcast, uh, as as you said, there are a lot of people on the Inside team wanted you to host it. And at the time, I was I was the managing editor. And I owe a big thanks to Jason, who pushed really hard for me to to co-host it with you, uh, despite a few people in the company not not wanting that idea and wanting uh, you to host it yourself. Uh, and so I, I owe a lot of it to, to Jason, both for you know, giving me the opportunity and for giving me the chance to work with you, which out of all of this has been, been the best part. Uh, as you said, it's it's like a lifelong relationship. And uh, I can say that if I was raising venture capital, I'd come to you, which I think is a a great, great honor for you, and that means you should invest whenever I start a company. Uh, you know, I think that for most founders, they they look for a VC who cares about the person, who cares about the mission, who cares about the company, and that's not always a guarantee. And with you, both from knowing you and both from hearing from many founders on Twitter who raised venture capital from you. Uh, it's, it's very clear that you're like one of the most dedicated VCs are somebody really, really is passionate about what they do. Uh, so I think for any founders out there, reach out to Mac when you're raising, uh, any capital. And if I ever do the same, you know, I think Max, Max, one of the best people and Max and I definitely would want to work with echoing the, the, the sort of foreshadowing that we've both been going on. Uh, just because it's over now doesn't mean we're not going to pick it back up at some point, maybe in a different forum or a different place. Uh, it's definitely been great having the chance not only to work with Mac, but to build a community around the podcast and have founders interacting with us. I know that's something that Mac's done for over a year now, but for me, you know, it's something that sort of came around with this podcast. Prior to that, most of my you know, tight-knit circle was startup community, but when it came to Twitter and social media, mostly around my work either in the legal space or in markets. So having, you know, something built around, uh, entrepreneurship and founders, which is really like my core passion is, is meant a lot to me. And it's been a great, uh, experience getting to talk to a lot of founders and getting, uh, to, to help out as many people as possible. I think it's been, it's been, you know, a really big honor that people even asked me for those questions. Uh, but also just a great experience for myself to have a chance to, you know, dip my toes back in at a time when, you know, I was sort of moving away from an industry despite how much I liked it. Uh, I was, I was sort of moving away. And now this has sort of pulled me back in and given me a chance to, to interact with it while I wait to, to actually get a company up and running.
0: Why don't you tell people be a website though. So for those who don't know, Liam is a lawyer. He, he does give, uh, Legal anecdotes. I guess you can't say he's giving legal advice, but he does have a website to help founders out there with some legal help.
1: Yeah, I'd say two things. If you want to just like stay up to date with most of the stuff I'm doing, either Twitter or my personal site, which I'm in the process of building, but I'm building it in the open. So it's up and running, uh, which is just my name, liamgill.com. It's a great part of having a name that no one else has. You can actually get the domain. Uh, the the site that Max is referring to is lawforstartups.com, uh, so just law and then the number four, startups.com. Uh, up to 19,000 subscribers now in 17 months, so very proud of it. Uh, completely free. There's a as-best-as-I-can weekly newsletter, sometimes ends up being bi-weekly, uh, which will give you advice on different issues. So we've covered everything from... Uh, we did the Elizabeth Holmes trial last week. I think that was some, some low-hanging fruit. Got to do that. Uh, to, you know, what happens with your employees of COVID? How do you deal with that legally? Uh, what are your rights as, like, an employer if you want to hire, like, remote workers? We cover, like, everything that you would need as a founder to really understand the legal environment around you. Uh, and we we look at cases. We look at legislation. We look at different things that will impact you that you might be aware of or might not be aware of and give a few takeaways about things that you should consider uh, sort of in that in that realm and then we also have over 60 different legal templates that are completely free they're google docs you literally can just download them Uh, and we're hoping for like pre-seed and seed level companies that instead of having to go to a lawyer and pay like a thousand dollars for that contract all you do is fill in a few blanks and it's probably 95 percent as good as going to a lawyer uh, especially if you're doing something very templated like you know, hiring a freelancer or potentially getting like some early stage investment from an angel, some of that stuff can really, is really similar deal to deal. And there's no reason to to go to a lawyer and pay out of pocket.
0: We did a lot of self-promotion this episode, but eh, it's our final one. We do what we want. So uh, with that, everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you for one last time as we sign off for Inside Business Podcast. Before we go, Liam, any last words for the folks?
1: No, I think uh, I think we've covered it all. Uh, looking forward to, to
0: what the future brings. Looking forward to what the future brings. Thank you again. Shout out to Flat 5 and Dell. We wouldn't be here without you, so thank you. Thank you the Inside. Thank you, Crew. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Landon. And thank you so much, Liam. It's been a pleasure. So with that, hope everybody has a good one. Peace out, y'all.